Hi everyone and welcome to Jola Speaks. Jola Speaks is intended to grow and equip us in our trust work with God. We all go through testings because we all go through seasons. No condemnation in Christ. God just loves us so much. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Jola Speaks podcast. I hope you're having a great day so far. I hope you're having a wonderful and fruitful one as well. So today we're going to be introducing a new biblical character we're going to be focused for the next couple of weeks and maybe months, right? Thank you for going with me through the life, life and seasons of Joseph in the Bible. Now we're going to open up to look at the life of David. We'll be looking at the various seasons in his life, how he went through those seasons in his life and be learning from the various seasons in David's life and to the point whereby he became king and even what happened when he became king of Israel. The story that we'll be discussing highlights in many ways similarities with Joseph because they all went through seasons, they all went through dark times, they all went through, you know, glorious shining times as well, right? But we see that God's approach to each person in each season was different. And so even though they had similar seasons ongoing, each person had different experiences in its seasons. And we just come to show us that, yes, we can learn from everybody else's seasons, but then we would also go through our own seasons as well that will be unique to us and it's only God that has gone through those seasons before and can really open up our minds and eyes to listen, see and learn from him. And so yes, um, we do. David, I'm really excited by this one. I think I'm as excited as I was when I started the Joseph season and I've learned so much, honestly. It has been a huge learning experience. And so for me, I know that this will be another huge learning experience as well. So as we introduce David um, today, I want to start with things that happened that kind of tie to Jacob's last words before he passed and what happened before Samuel crowned or anointed David as king when he was still a shepherd boy. And then from um, tomorrow, we will also discuss an example, which I use as Saul, right? How, you know, not living a submitted life, not going through the rigor of the refining process has led Saul to get the crown, but then at the same time, not be able to or be equipped with the character he needed to keep the crown and the promise that God had you know, given to him. So today, I want to continue from this conversation. And here, I want to point out something which is very clear. And I've said it in the last couple of episodes that words are weighty. And so I'm going to be showing you how important words are because what happened to Saul is literally what Jacob had said generations before he came to pass about the house of Benjamin. So now Saul was the very first king of Israel. Um, Israel didn't have a king before Saul. God didn't want them to have a king. He was going to be their king and he was their king for the longest of times. But the Israelites did not want to be different from all nations, other nations that had kings. So they insisted they wanted a king. Obviously, God had put in Samuel, the prophet, but then they wanted a natural king. And so they kept pressuring God and God gave them somebody from the house of Benjamin, which was Saul. And um, Samuel actually anointed Saul to be king. And, you know, Benjamin was the smallest tribe at that point in time. 
and he was the youngest brother if you remember the tribes of israel he was joseph's younger brother the 12th person but then when you look at mensa and, and um ephraim that was because jacob adopted them as his own children but then there was joseph's um, children but yes benjamin was the smallest tribe so I, I quickly read the bible verse i'm reading from first samuel 15 i'll read from verses 2 to verses 10 so i quickly read this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel and what they waylaid them as they came to up from Egypt. Now go to attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Talion. 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, Go away, leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way through to Savannah to show near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed and with the sword. For Saul, the arm spared Amalekites, and the best of the sheep and cattle and the fat calves and lives, everything that was good. This he was willing to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of God came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king because he had turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all that night. So we just read God's final chance that he gave um, Saul before he anointed David as king. And so we see here that, you know, God had given him an instruction to totally kill the Amalekites because of what he had done to the Israelites. But then he took it for his own selfish reasons and decided to only kill and destroy the weak part of them, take their king alive, take the best of their livestock and come back to his land. Now, his excuse, and I didn't read that, but his excuse was, oh, you know, he went to come and offer God sacrifices to be able to give God sacrifices of those things. So he thought there was no need to destroy them. And so clearly God was done with him. God was had given him the one final chance. And I honestly just thank God for the era of mercy because I can imagine how many of us would have failed and fallen if, you know, this was the same era at the moment. But you see, today I want to bring out something to really show that words are waiting. In Genesis chapter 49, verses 27, I want to read the words that Jacob had said about the Benjamin tribe. And we see it actually happening in Saul's life. And I read, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, which means a hungry wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey. In the evening, he divides the plunder. And guess what he did? In the morning, he divorced the prey. So in the morning, Saul and the Israelites went and killed the Amalekites. But because he was hungry, he did not take God's instruction fully. Instead of him destroying everything and coming back to worship God, what did he do? He destroyed just the weak parts, took the king from with him, took the best of the livestock because he was hungry, and then brought it back to Israel, which meant that he was disobeying God. 
And so the words that Jacob has spoken over Benjamin, we see coming to pass in their lives. Can you imagine? So it's not only Benjamin that suffered the words. It's actually his generations, his tribe in Asia that suffered the words. And so I'm here to say again today that words are weighty. Words are weighty. There's nothing like an idle word. Words are weighty. Yes, we can like to make jokes. We can, you know, say funny things. But we need to constantly remember that the words are mouth are weighty and they can take root. And you see that it's not only taking root in one's life. It's taking root in the one's generations with an S. Because you see here that even Saul, even Saul was doing what, you know, Jacob had said before he passed. I don't know, generations ago. I'm not sure what level Saul was at that point in time. Words are weighty. Let's not take our words lightly. Let's ensure that we are saying and confessing the right things. Words are so important, you know. And you see, they can transcend generations because it had been said. So thank you for listening to me today. I pray that God will help us to be cautious with our words, to be able to really tip our tongues and really only speak what he has declared over our lives and not say things based on our emotions, based on anger, frustration that we'll regret later. And even our generation may even regret. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to me today. God bless you. I love you. Bye.